It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello and welcome. This is Denise Michaels. I am here with Charles Whitby II, the owner of Eastgate Enterprises and author of Brown Skin, Green Money. Today is Friday, November the 6th, and our topic is Put Green Money in Brown Hands. And one thing I wanted to say before we jump into this is I was looking at this before we started our conversation together, and I was thinking about um, having um, a little story with Maria, you know, who starts the um, the mm-hmm. uh, cake stuff, and she has experience of, you know, her customers that are putting brown money in green hands, you know. <laughs> putting green money in brown hands. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what the chapter's about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said put a uh, brown money in green hands. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I switched no, it around. Um, and then the other thing is, is maybe we could have her find a supplier for, you know, some of the baking ingredients that she uses that's, um, say, a black-owned grocery store or a black-owned, that you know, food uh, restaurant food supplier or something like that, you know? That would be awful. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of shows it in action, you know? All right. So um, this is obvious to you, as I'm sure it's obvious to me, but what the heck, I like getting it, uh, you know, getting it on the recording. Why do you think putting green money in brown hands is important? Well, it's it's just a matter of, um, you know, the way that how money works and how economy works, we, and I guess there's a subsection about what I'm going to talk about, but um, I, I think that it's important to understand that uh, it's money circulation is a principle that we need to kind of understand as, a, as not only, a, you know, a culture, but as a country, we understand that um, when a company, when a country is importing goods more than exporting them, then they're at the mercy of the pricing of the external countries and how you know they price it, and the cost is dictated by them. So, it's, if we import crops, or excuse me, if we grow crops within the United States of America, then we can keep that money flowing within the country, and we can kind of control how it's spent from a social perspective. But the moment that we don't have the ability to grow corn, for example, we have to go somewhere else to get the corn, and that pricing is dictated by um, another country, and it affects our gross domestic product. And so it impacts, which in turn impacts our economy. So we have to understand how money works 
And so it's important that within our cultures we understand that um, in order to help our the individual businesses or the individuals within our cultures and our ethnicities that we have to support them. For example, you know, I know a lot of uh, – I'm from Michigan, so growing up in Detroit, in the Detroit area and seeing the, the, the way that um, the Arab community, they – very rarely shop outside of their community unless they really have to. You see them supporting one another. One will kick up a business for a grocery store. Another will kick up business for apparel. Another one will be the dry cleaners, and they would do business with each other. Basically, they would support um, one another in order to make sure that when they came over and they're starting in this new this new country and they have um, they need to grow their support system in order to become a stabilized, uh, you know, community. And once they stabilize their community, they're able to do business and have the credibility with other communities and other cultures that may not have understood um, or may not have, you know, known, liked, and trusted their businesses. But over time they say, hey, that business has been around because people want to do business with businesses that they believe are going to stick around. <laughs> and, um, you know, new businesses are very – there are a lot of challenging challenges going with uh, customer acquisition, customer acquisition and things like that because you just don't know about those businesses. So people, when they don't know, they, they're scared of the uncertain. So I think it's really important because – um, from a you know African American Latino American perspective, we have a lot of spending power. For example, the there was a report I read, and I have to provide the data background for it because I want this to be quoted in the book. But African Americans, I think it was 2013, spent a trillion dollars in the, in the um, United States. So with a trillion you know, dollar, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, so with a, a trillion dollars of spending power and, you know, uh, African-American businesses failing, there's there's a gap there because some money should be, and it's, it's not that many African-American businesses where you would need to, all the $1 trillion, you would need to spend all of that in the African-American community for all the African-American um, businesses to to grow. So it's even, you know, it's that intentional spending that people have to understand when you put money, green money in brown hands and you spend at a business that is minority-owned, you help that business to grow, which in turn helps the individuals who are a part of that business to be able and their to families. thrive. And their families, right, to be able right. to thrive, which puts our they community in a better place. They also do that in the Jewish community. Absolutely. And they do it in the, um, this is a much smaller group, but they also do it in the Mormon community. Yes. You know, so it's yes. not like it's a, it's an original idea. It's just a smart idea. Um, exactly. Looking at a bigger level, I think a couple of years ago, people thought, you know, well, it's a nice idea to buy something that's American-made, but there's nothing made in America anymore, you know. 
everything's from China or Malaysia or, you know, whatever. Right. And I think now more and more companies are advertising that something is American-made, you know. So it's like you have to be sort of diligent and look out for, you know, the person with, um, you know, the, the, the person who is a minority that you can purchase from, but it can be done. Exactly. And I, and I think it has to be intentional it, it because it is very difficult. Um, it's eat, like I was having lunch or breakfast the other day with a lady who is African-American and she wanted, you know, to get together and we were trying to get with lunch worked on. I said, hey, listen, my lunches are booked this week. Let's do breakfast. And typically what I would do is I would go to a black-owned restaurant. It's one in particular in the city that I like to go to. I know the owners. And it's a little bit further away from where I am. And so in my mind, the first thing I thought was location. So I recommended a place that was not a minority-owned business. And when I got there and I met with her, I apologize because while we're sitting there, um, I said, hey, you know what? I really wanted us to meet at a you know, minority-owned restaurant to, so that I could support, so I could put money, or green money in brown, in brown skin hands. I really wanted to do that. And, you know, the next time we get together, I want us to intentionally go. And I told her, I said, it's something that you have to remind yourself because it's very easy to go to do what's easy. Yeah, we do a feed, right? Exactly. You know, do what's expedient. What kind of restaurant is it? Um, it's it's a breakfast. Uh, it's really just a breakfast place. It's called Grits Cafe. Oh, um, like breakfast, on, breakfast and lunch kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it closes at two or three like in the two o'clock. Yeah, right, exactly. right. That's that's kind of like the Egg Works or something like that. Exactly, and that's when we went. We went to the Egg and I, but we we should have went to Grits, you know. But I told us that next time we'll make sure that we, you know, frequent somewhere right. that's minority on. And that's the same thing that I'll do with um, some of my other my business meetings when I know that you know I get the choice to pick where we we're meeting. My I intentionally, you know pick something that I know that's minority-owned because I know that many people are not doing that. Right. How did, how did she respond when you had that conversation with her? She was 100% on board with that. Uh, we were actually having a conversation about supporting minority-owned businesses. She was asking me a little bit about my business model from the fashion perspective, and I told her that I was very intentional about trying to find manufacturers that were minority-owned, so that when I do um, distribution for uh, for fashion products, I am very intentional about trying to first find manufacturers that are minority-owned. So in your fashion business, what products are manufactured by minority-owned businesses? So my my ties, my pocket squares, uh, my bow ties, my lapel accessories, they're all minority-owned manufacturers. So that's like accessories. That's cool. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. What about like shirts and suits? Not oh, yet. My, not yet. I haven't found one yet. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll find somebody. You know. Right. So Absolutely. talk about you know on sort of a macro scale how the concept of importing and exporting has hurt the U.S. And when um, brown hands, you know, when um, minority people don't put green money in brown hands, what happens? Yeah, so um, the lady who I was talking to, she had mentioned, and I'll have to validate this data, she said that when um, the communities that we spoke of, the Jewish community, the Italian community, the Arab community, their dollar um, last uh, two to three weeks in their in their communities before it leaves the community. Whereas in the African American community, the lifetime of a dollar within a African American community is twelve hours. And this is what she said to me. And so I'm going to go research that data, but it was really interesting the, the huge discrepancy. And so from a from a macro perspective, it's important to understand that. In the United States, when we begin to import goods, we um, we have to pay another. So the money leaves our system and it goes to another system. We bring those goods in, and we're at the mercy of the pricing of wherever those goods come from. So if we can't, you know. If, Colombian coffee is what the people want in the United States, and we're not growing coffee in our own that is the same quality or whatever as the Colombian coffee. I'm not a coffee fan, so I'm just throwing that out. We we were like whatever the Colombians say our price is, and that's what we we bring in. And and um, economists show that or say that once when a country's in better economic position when it is exporting more than it's importing. So basically when it's buying outside of itself, it's in a it's not in as good of a financial position as when it is selling goods off right. to other countries, right? Because then we're bringing money into the country as opposed to um, taking money out. And that so it's a, principle... It's a- it's a basic economic lesson of surplus versus deficit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think in in supply and demand, right? So if we don't have the supply within our country and we have a demand, then the pricing of external entities can be very high because they understand we have a demand for this, but we don't have an internal supply for it. And as a result, we have to spend more to bring it in. And so, right. like with any business, with any any economic uh, establishment or establishment whose purpose is to bring in, um, you know, resources to grow business, you have to have something of value to provide to your market in order to bring dollars in. And I think we have to start thinking about that as a minority community 
that any company that grows offers something of value to its external community and brings those those dollars into its own entity and produces a product that's valuable to its clientele or its customer base. And that's just the, that's just basic economics. It's, I mean, it's not anything hard about that. Anybody knows that if they want something that they don't have, they go and buy it. <laughs> it's or right. they go and buy the materials to make it. And so it becomes well. We the, need to I start. think the majority of the majority of African Americans know this. It's not a new idea. I mean, I think I heard of this first, like maybe way back in the, like, 1970s or 80s or something, you know? So it's like, if that's so, why don't they do it? I mean, we talked about the fact, well, it's easier, you know? But it could yeah, be other reasons why they don't do it. And so it's a couple things. And, and I've heard this within my own community as well. One One of the problems is, I think you and I talked about this is kind of like the inconvenience of it, right? So if if I wanted to go to a black grocery store, I don't even know where one is actually in Las Vegas. So it would be, it would take effort for me to find one, whereas Smith's is right next door. You know what I mean? So right. it's easier for me. So convenience is one thing. And then the second thing is the experience, once you do find something, I, I had a um, the lady who I was actually meeting with on Tuesday. She was telling me because we were still in this supporting black businesses thing, is that she went to a black dentist that had a terrible experience there, and and I don't know if it is the dentist office didn't if that was a failure on one time. Or is this something that they treated her a certain way because she was African American and she wasn't someone whom they thought maybe will you know they should treat because treat uh, with extra care because they assume that just because she's black she should support that office, or if it was just a matter of that black owned business had terrible customer service just all around. So I think that experience has also hindered the growth of the, the or the exchange of money within the black community is because of either one of those factors. And I think also it just becomes a, a matter of awareness and, and, and indoctrination. For example, commercials, we'll see the same commercials all the time, all the time, all the time to remind us about a product or a service or an initiative or, you know, we'll see marketing materials around um, uh, for causes such as um, autism aware or something like that. Like the NBA will show, you know, all of these uh, autism speaks and autism care commercials to remind us of, you know, be mindful and be supportive of autism. But we don't have, though, we don't generate that same type of awareness in our community to say, spend money with black business, spend money with black business, spend money with black business. There's no voices that are really... Um, awareness uh, campaigns. Yeah, exactly. 
that, yeah, that yeah, like October being breast being breast cancer yeah, awareness exactly. month. I mean, it's like it's overwhelming. There's so much of it. Exactly, exactly. You you never um you never lose consciousness of that because it's always in front of you. Okay. Okay. And I just think that's a problem. I mean, that, that's that's really what happens with anything that that. I mean, in, in our personal lives, if we don't, if we're busy and we don't see something or we're not reminded over and over again, we may not do it or we may, it may not happen because it's not on the forefront of our mind because there's no external stimuli that is demanding that we pay attention to it. Right, right. Okay. All right, good. The, um, let's talk about the concept of internal money circulation. I think you kind of already touched on it before um, as we've been talking. Is there more you want to say about that? Yeah, I, I like to, to talk about I, when I I had a job at what is now Macy's, but at the time it was Marshall Fields, and before that it was Hudson. So I worked at Hudson when it was the whole Dayton Hudson's Marshall Field Corporation. And when I was at Hudson slash Marshall Field, they they would give us a discount on on our on our all purchases within you know Marshall Fields at the time. And so what would happen is people would work full time jobs and then they would come work for Marshall Fields and. Many people that worked at Marshall Fields would work at Marshall Fields and then recycle their check in the store. I and basically, they, yeah, they would work there for the discount, and because they had all these offerings, you know, you could get a lot of stuff out of Marshall Fields. I worked in tabletop. You could buy dishes. You could buy clothes. You could buy jewelry. You could buy uh, home furnishings. All of these things you could buy, and so they offered it to the the people that work there. So we're not only are we selling to external clients, but we're also uh, fraternizing internally the organization. So all those dollars are coming back, and what it resulted in, and it was it was high numbers of sales, and not and a and a a large percentage of those sales were due to the 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 um, employees that work there. And so that dollar would get paid to the employee and then get spent in the store. And so that the store never lost that dollar. And so they were oh, never. Oh, they lost money on me. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember buying. This is it. Remember Hudson's? Yep. Yep. I worked at I worked at Hudson's for a year. This was um um about. I think I stopped working there maybe a year before I left Michigan and came to the West Coast. But at any rate, I can remember buying um, a Donna Karen sweater. It was originally $300. And by the time it was like marked down, marked down, marked down, and I got my employee discount, I got it for like $29. Wow. Yeah. I wow. <laughs> I I was good at doing those kind of things, you know. So. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, well, you know, at the same the, time, you look at stuff that's this, already on sale, and then you add the employee discount on top of it. Right, but but the money that they paid you, they got it back. <laughs> well, not all of it, but they got that twenty nine dollars back, right? Oh, so, absolutely. So that twenty nine dollars you could have spent somewhere else, but because sure, sure, you spent it there. That was twenty nine dollars that they paid you that they got back. And so right. I think that it's important to understand that when we, you know, from an internal circulation of money perspective, although um, we not may not be the same business, we're, we're in the same community and we are trying to lift the community up from, you know, in the minority, from a minority perspective. And so that spending that money there as opposed to it leaving the community allows for growth in that community, which same thing in you know in the department store when I worked there, you know I bought a lot of clothes and I would do the same thing that you did. But I could have took that a hundred dollars that I spent on a suit or whatever because it got marked down, marked down, marked down plus my employee discount. I could have took that one hundred dollars plus you know whatever else I needed to recover for that and spend it at another store that had men suits. And then that money at that point leaves the place that's paying my bills. So it's almost like I'm supporting something. Um, it, it's almost like being a Patriots fan, a, new, a football player fan uh, for New England Patriots, and say, hey, I really like the New England Patriots, and I want them to be the best team ever. But you know what? I'm going to um, help. The, the division rival Miami Dolphins get a better player. It's like, okay, well, really, do you do you support the Patriots or are you more interested in whatever it is that made you want to help the Dolphins get a player? Because then they begin to you begin to think, uh, are you really a supporter of the organization that you claim you are because you're you had an opportunity to help the Patriots get a, a good player, but you helped Miami. And not as though helping Miami is a problem. If if there's not a fit for the Patriots to, for, for that player to be at the Patriots, maybe they don't need a wide receiver because they got all their wide receivers, but you have a wide receiver available and you give them to, and you refer to, that wide receiver to, to the Miami Dolphins, uh, that team has gotten better while your team has suffered a loss if they have a need for that. But if they don't have a need, I share it. It's no problem. But it's almost like we have this mentality of um, we don't really have or we don't really have a mentality to show support for entities that we could help because we just don't intentionally do it. And I don't think it's ever an intentional negligence. I just think it's not an intentional support. Right. Where where or what are resources to help make it easier for your readers to find minority-owned businesses? And where I'm going with this is things like, say, the Urban Chamber of Commerce or a black business directory or maybe like an AME church does something um, to support black business owners in their church or something. Like where where's the resources to help? people find find those businesses? I think you hit it on the head. It's, it's those organizations. Uh, here in Las Vegas, you have the Urban Chamber, but nationally there's the Black Chamber of Commerce um, that that has basically the links to 
all the other national chambers of or all the other state chambers of commerce that are associated with kind of the the black chamber. And then there's the Latino Latino Chamber of Commerce. Um and I'm not sure if there is a national um let's see. Like I know there's like I know there's like and and I'm not gonna put this in the book, but I know there's like women chamber of commerce and there's women business directories and you know that's not who we're targeting this towards but you know and and i've been to events at the urban chamber before so you know i clearly i know about that and everything i just thought are there any others that well do you know first off i don't spend a lot of time at african-american churches for example do they typically have um maybe a small organization of business owners within the church, you know, to um, help promote that in some way. Yeah, I, don't, I, I know some churches do. Like you can't and, speak for every church, obviously, right, but, right. you know, so we could say some churches, you know, something yeah, like some that. Churches, yeah, you can, go to, um, you can go to the church's board or whatever or administrative um uh, back in and see the, you know, ask for a listing or whatever. You can go to the Urban Chamber of Commerce. You can go or the Black Chamber. You can go to the Latino Chamber of Commerce. And I just researched there are both a U.S. Um, black and a U.S. Uh, Latino Hispanic is what it's called, U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. That will point you to resources within your community to do so. Um, certain cities have the Black Business Directory. I know there's a Las Vegas Black Book that uh, is a, a Black directory, and I think if you do a Google search in your municipality for you know Black Business Directory, you'll find something that that has that information. Cool. And so I think those are the resources that you would use to to find out. I mean, when I look for um, when I look for black restaurants, I go to the Urban Chambers restaurant or Urban Chambers website, which is also um, something that black businesses need to kind of think about placing themselves in visible um, resourceful listings like that. So I think that's the other thing is exposure, right? So a lot of people just don't know where to go um, for to to support black business so it's the onus of the black business to say i'm here by signing up in those places where they would get exposure to people who are intensely trying to trying to buy black or buy latino or whatever right 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 so okay good so tell me about empowering demand yeah so you hear this whole whole um I would I would like to term it as whining in the in the African American community specifically that you know I can't get a they saying I can't get ahead because of the man or because you know the man is keeping me down the man is keeping me down and 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 then we have to figure out why the man is the man and typically money is power and. Sometimes it's our own fault that we empower people who cannot help us get ahead or who would not help us get ahead. Um, so when I say that is 
if we go and spend money at a black-owned business establishment as a community, then we empower that establishment. Let's just use, uh, for an example, of, let's use a black grocery store. So if the, the black community or let's just, no, let's not use a black grocery store. Let's use a Latin grocery store. Okay, so because there are a lot of them there, and I know I, I actually shop at one. And so there's this, this minority-owned grocery store, and when you go and you spend money there, you uh, well, not you. When the community goes and spend money there, the the people when people go spend yeah, money there, when people people go spend money there, the collective spend of the people allows that business to grow, and if it is assumed that business owners and people in management in businesses tend to hire people that they relate with and businesses, minority businesses that grow may have a higher percentage of hiring people who have, who are like them, which means who are minorities so that they have an opportunity as well. Whereas if it is assumed that, people who are in the same assumption applies, people who are not minorities may be may hire people who are not minorities at a higher percentage and that's not necessarily because of racism, it might be more towards relativity, then we then we are able as a community, as a people, to almost dictate where that power lies because money is power. So wherever we spend our money we empower that business and that business has the ability to make hiring decisions that may be more advantageous for the minority group. So I think right. that people don't think so, in terms those terms and and so they subject themselves to it's almost like it's like voting, right? It's it's when we cast our votes for a particular candidate, understanding that this candidate has our best interest in mind, we empower them to make decisions that help our community. Whereas when we don't vote or we vote for someone who would not It's not support, in our best interest. It's not in our best interest. We enable them to make decisions on our behalf that do not help us. Right. So it sounds like, to me, like as you're having this conversation, I'm seeing sort of like a teeter-totter in a park with two kids on it, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like what you're, what you're doing is you're sort of balancing the equation. So, right. like, if you – I'll just use grocery shopping for an example, okay? If you shop at a minority-owned grocery store rather than, say, Albertsons, for example, you're empowering that grocery shop, grocery store, to have more positions open, possibly, anyway, for minorities, you know, which tips the scales on the employment numbers in the community. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Have you ever seen that in action, you know, with with a business? Yeah, absolutely. So, for example, um, I'm a member of the Urban Chamber of Commerce. My right. company is. 
which is also a member of the Las Vegas Metro Chamber of Commerce. But it's a member of the what? The what? The Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Metro Chamber oh, of Commerce, okay. which is not a not specific for any. It's not focused on any um, particular group. It's it's more inclusive. Where I mean, the UCC is in, Urban Chamber is inclusive as well, but obviously it has a. a a mission to help advance minority-owned right. businesses. Well, what the what the Urban Chamber does is it allows um, its members to be able to have a voice and and advertise who they are. And so I've seen there's a specific company, AA Printing, John Pennington, who has been very active in the Urban Chamber, and he has. Uh, his business has grown because the urban a, a, a number of the urban chamber members use his printing service. So right, I know, the, I know, John. Yeah, yeah. So a number of the urban chamber, as well as other you know entities. And so when you walk into John's facility, John has a very diverse um, employee base. So he's got a, a, there's a young lady in there. She's Latino. Um, there's a, a black guy that works there, and, and another Latino guy. So that he's got a he's got the ability to hire people because he's bringing in revenue, and he's hiring a diverse workforce. And he so also happens to be an immigrant, so he probably really has a heart for diversity. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And so that's an, an example I can use. You know, that's local. That's a it's a small business, but his business is doing well. And um, and he's he's able to hire people to work for him. Right, right, right. Yeah, John Pennington is a good example of that. So cool, cool. Anything more that you want to add or say about uh, putting brown money in? Or I, I did it again. Putting green <laughs> money in brown hands. It's early. <laughs> I mean, I've been up since five thirty, but it's early. So anyway. <laughs> Um, How about one more story? How about a woman business owner that you can think of? um, Oh, I could use – so just the other day when I was at the Urban Chamber of Commerce membership uh, breakfast, which is funny because I'm nominated for Urban Chamber Award and I just now went to the membership benefits breakfast. (laughs) Um, I've been a member almost eight eight months. Uh, But I – there was a lady, she owns the office squad, and I cannot remember her name. Oh, that's Dita. Dita Clinton. Dita? D-I-D-A. Right, right, right. So Dita got in front of, she's the membership director for the Urban Chamber of Commerce. And she got up in front of all of the new or potential members for the Urban Chamber and shared how um, when she became active with the Urban Chamber. Her business began began to grow, and she's a woman-owned business. She's not a minority, but she's still one right. woman-owned. Um, but she participates in the minority. So she's supportive of the minority community, right? So she's, she's the membership chair for the Urban Chamber of Commerce. So she's developing programs and, and membership benefits to help the urban chamber grow and the, and the members grow in their businesses 
And as a result, her her company has grown because people are doing business with her because she's been helpful to their businesses within the community. So it becomes reciprocal where she's not, and this is a great example of how when a woman-owned and not and even a non-minority-owned business has done things to help a minority-owned business, then her business grows as well, so it becomes an exchange value because you've helped my business grow, and I want to do business with you because you can you have services that help my business grow, and you also um, have done things outside of your service base to support our businesses that make us want to refer other business to you. You know what's a good example where, um, at least from my outside observation, it seems like African Americans at any rate go to businesses owned by African Americans is with hair services. Right. You right. know, it's like, Black men typically go to a black-owned barber shop, and That's black women true. typically go to a black-owned hair salon. You know, I mean, there's even reality shows on TV about African American hair salons. There's been movies with Monique, and you know, like right. because that's kind of a cultural thing. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, closing thoughts on. Um, keeping green money and brown hands, brown hands. See, I said it right that time. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the closing thoughts are is is it's important. Number one, for us to spend money in our minority, minor for minorities to spend money in minority communities. But it's also to be understood that spending money in minority communities has to be intentional. Otherwise, we will not do it. We do not have the business, uh, the business breadth and width to really saturate a lot of areas from a geographical perspective. So sometimes it is, uh, it's not as convenient to support one another. Well, if we're intentional about it, then we'll see that convenience begin to uh, the convenience. Element grow because we are enabling our businesses to grow so that we can be in more geographical locations because we have the income streams to be able to grow and move into different areas so that we can be more convenient to um, serve the communities that we desire to serve. What would be, before we wrap up today, what would be an example of? Um, an African-American business where you spend your dollars that maybe people might not expect? Um, an example of, I mean, obviously I think the manufacturing thing is is probably something that people wouldn't expect. Okay, Uh, so like the ties and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that's... um, and then um, I would then what else? Well, I mean, people. Would, I mean, uh, in black restaurants. I guess people would expect. Sure. I don't. I I don't go to the barbershop because I, I I'm a I can cut my own hair. You cut your own hair. You said you told me. Yeah. Right. Well, I kind of trim it in between cuts myself. So. <laughs> um. 
a place where I spend money and teaching. I mean, I, I use the printing service. I do all my printing with John. Right. Um, I, I think printing is kind of, you know, a little bit different because it's kind it of is. sort of a manufacturing, you know. It is. I mean, and, and it's not, I don't, I, John is the first um, black um, minority-owned printing establishment I ever knew about, you know, so. Right. I would right. think that would be different. Um, let's see what else do I do. I'll see where else I spend money. <laughs> he 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 does some good deals too. I mean, I haven't, you know, I used to be in a networking group where he was a member, but I'm not, you know, I mean that networking group. You know how they kind of come and go sometimes, right, you know. But right. he used to offer some screaming deals on business cards. I always figured those were kind of like a lost leader almost to get your business, and then right. you say, "Hey, John, what do you charge for flyers, or what do you charge to do an right. invitation for something or other?" You know. Exactly. No. I like the Vista print model where they take a loss to get the business cards, but they, I mean, right. it's, the cost right. of, it's the cost of customer acquisition. And, right. And, yeah. I, I, I don't know if it, that's what he does, but I've done other things. I mean, I buy four, when I buy four by sixes for my trunk shows or for events that I'm having, I buy them from there. And, um, yeah, so he gets a lot of business from me. I probably spend a couple thousand or something. Right. I know that sometimes people think if they do business, you know, like a minority-owned business is more likely at any rate to be like a small business. Mm -hmm. And I know people think, oh, if I deal with a small business owner, you know, because large business owners are always talking about we have so much buying power, we can get you better deals. But I find, you know, for example, you know Tony Ferreira. I get my business cards done. You know, I mean, I had had business cards done through Vistaprint in the past, and I went to Tony, and I was stunned to find it was exactly the same price. And I'm picky about business cards. I'm picky about having the, you know, like extra heavy paper and everything, so it kind of feels a little more substantial and all that. And, um, boy, he delivered, and, you know, it was less expensive than Vistaprint, you know. Yeah, that's and and Tony I've done business with as well because he uh he sold me the ad for the magazine, you know, and uh, and Right. I, I think I I definitely believe that um just because it's a small business doesn't mean that it and I maybe doesn't that's mean it can't be point. competitive. Right. It can be competitive and it it doesn't mean it's not high quality. It just means it's right. small right now. <laughs> right, right, right. So Anyway, good. Yeah, I mean, there used to be all kinds of disadvantages that small businesses would have. They wouldn't be competitive. The quality wouldn't be as good, you know, or sometimes a small business wouldn't take, a really small business wouldn't take credit cards, you know. And now that's just no longer the case, you know. Right. So anyway, good, good, good. All righty. Well, um, we're scheduled for next week at 5 o'clock on Thursday. Is there any possibility at all we could make that 4.45 rather than 5 o'clock? We can make it 4 if that works for you. Yeah, no, 4.45 is fine. It's just I have a meeting with a client at 6 o'clock, 
So mm-hmm. that gives me time to, you know, get a glass of water, take care of Mother Nature, and get on to the next one. Uh-huh. So we'll just we'll just make it 15 minutes earlier. That's fine. Okay. No problem. Okay. All right. Cool. Alrighty. Great call, and I will start using the Dropbox. I have been. I know when we started working together on this, you know, I said please use use attachments, but you know, I am I am learning it and figuring it out. It seems like it shouldn't be that difficult. Just when I click something and it doesn't do what it what I think it's supposed to do, I get frustrated sometimes. So anyway, but you know, it's like anything else. The more you use it, the the easier it becomes. So right, right. Well, All right. Take care. Have a wonderful weekend. Are you doing anything fun or exciting this weekend? I am going to the 100 Academy in the morning to help paint a mural for. Um, the school, and then uh, cool. other than that, just some church and probably some working. Okay. All right. That's cool. Okay. Well, you? have a good weekend. What's that? Okay. How about you? You doing anything fun or exciting? I have. I have nothing fun planned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have this. I have this girlfriend. We go to the gym uh, together on. Well, we meet over there at LVAC on uh, Rainbow, you know, in the Northwest. Anyway, we meet there uh, for this class on Tuesday evening and on Saturday morning. Well, on Saturday, a lot of times after that, we'll go do girlfriend things together, like Mm -hmm. shopping or whatever, you know. But anyway, but she just took on two brand-new clients in her business, so we'll see if she has time for the goofing off afterwards. You know, and Ernie and I, we might we might go see a movie. We have a um, gift card from Regal Cinemas. Oh, cool! And yeah, we used we used part of it. Um, was it last, I think it was last weekend. We went and saw the Steve Jobs movie. Oh, how was that? It was. I really liked it. Ernie had read the book. You know, that big huge mm-hmm. book came out like within a week after he passed away. You mm-hmm. know, but uh, fascinating look at, you know, uh, what makes a successful person so successful. And it's not necessarily attractive, you know. Right. So, right, right. Anyway. right, right. So we might go see a movie and use up the last of the gift card this weekend. So. Awesome. All right. Well, enjoy All right, yourself well, this weekend, and I'll talk to you next week. Okay. That sounds good. You take care. Okay, you too. All right. Bye-bye. Well, bye-bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.